Yeah, we're talking about angels in the Bible. You know that uh, angel game where Shohei hit that uh, home run? That's the game that we were at right there, in case you guys didn't recognize that home run, if that seemed familiar. Good to see you guys. Uh, welcome, everyone. Happy Father's Day. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on. As uh, fathers, you walked in, you may have seen these uh, gifts that are uh, right outside for you. Uh, they are apparently, I was told, they are whiskey ice makers. So... Uh, the other church had a bunch of extra, so they gave them to us. I don't know what that says about either of our church. I didn't know what they were, but the first five men that walked in and saw that said, oh, like, oh, whiskey ice things. I was like, oh, uh-huh, okay, so uh, add these to your collection, or they can be your first time having some uh, whiskey square ice or something like that. So that's apparently what that is. Uh, so uh, all the fathers take uh, uh, one of those, please, and... Um, if you wait around a little bit and there's still some left, take two, because we don't want to have whiskey ice here at the church. That's not quite our promotion, but uh, just that was uh, from another church gifted us to that. So uh, happy Father's Day. Great. Uh, I have a quick update uh, for our congregation. Uh, I wanted to give a little bit of special love to a, a missionary couple that we've supported for the last five years, Tommy and Kumi Kang. Uh, they've actually decided to stay in the U.S. So they were missionaries in China and North Korea and uh, oop, I don't know if we could say that. Well, now they're not going, going back for right now, so it'll be a few years till the government of China can pick them up. Um, but uh, so they, uh, they've decided to stay in the U.S. for a little bit, uh, and uh, it's been so cool to be part of their journey, uh, part of blessing them. And uh, even though our financial support for them will be uh, ending, we want to continue to prayer support and just be alongside of them. And they've become a really important part of our community, and we're so blessed to have them. Uh, but because of this, that uh, allowed our Arrows Point persons and our leadership board to decide to officially start to support uh, some friends of ours who are doing ministry in Thailand. Uh, Pastor Peter Shimon Palu in Thailand uh, is going to be an official now, uh, beginning an official connection with us, where our church is supporting him uh, and his wife Eve as a missionary couple. And so this is really exciting for us. We've known them for several years now, for four years, and uh, and to be able to take an official step towards making uh, a church connection, not just personal connections with them, but a church-wide connection and support for them. Uh, maybe even possibly moving towards having a sister church that's in Thailand. So God's been doing a lot of work uh, with us. Uh, it seems that he's called us to be in, in Thailand as short-term missionaries, but also in a longer-term commitment. And so this is really exciting. And so I'd like to ask that you guys would be keep praying for the Kang family uh, as they're here with us and also pray for our new connection with the Palo family in Thailand. Okay, so now back to our regular shout-outs, okay? So let's start our church. Ready? What do we do? We love God and we love others. And what do we say? I love God and I love you. I'm so glad you guys are here. Again, happy Father's Day. Welcome to the ninth or 10th most celebrated uh, holiday of the year just behind Arbor Day and uh, slightly in front of Labor Day. Um, so Father's Day, I don't know if it gets a lot of love all the time. And uh, don't get me wrong, I actually think that this is a great thing. I, I love that Father's Day is a super low-key celebration because I think it's very much like the amazing men that I've known in my life and that I've recognized here at this church that tend to operate on a low-key manner. They're not looking to get a lot of shine. They're not looking to uh, have people notice them or do a whole bunch of celebrations for them. But they are just amazing day after day, week after week, year after year. And so I, I love this holiday that, that it's an understated yet fantastic holiday, uh, just like our men. Understated yet fantastic. Not about fanfare, shine, 
but, we, but about being solid, wonderful men and fathers. And so we see you this morning. We bless you. We thank you that you're here. Okay, so there's an exciting setup uh, passage for our sermon today. And this passage is almost never preached in church. But we're going to read this whole passage, and it'll set up what we're talking about today. It actually comes in Matthew 1.1, and you'll be surprised that people don't preach on it often. But this is a good one. Check this out. This is the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers, Judah the father of Perez, and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar, Perez the father of Hezron, Hezron the father of Ram, Ram the father of Aminabdab, Aminabdab the father of Nashon, Nashon the father of Salmon, Salmon the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab, Boaz the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth, Obed the father of Jesse, and Jesse the father of King David. David was the father of Solomon, whose mother had been Uriah's wife, Bathsheba. Solomon, the father of Rehoboam. Rehoboam, the father of Baijah. Baijah, the father of Azah. Azah, the father of Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat, the father of Joram. Joram, the father of Uzziah. Uzziah, the father of Jotham. Jotham, the father... Oh, he got that guy. Oh, man, I'm repeating. Hezekiah, Hezekiah, the father of Manasseh. Manasseh, the father of Ammon. Ammon, the father of Josiah. Josiah, the father of Jaconoah and his brothers at the time in the exile Babylon. After the exile of Babylon, Jeconiah was the father of Shaltiel. Shaltiel, the father of Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel, the father of Abhud. Abhud, Abhud, the father of Elikim. Elikim, the father of Azor. Azor, the father of Zadok. Zadok, the father of Achim. Achim, the father of Elihud. Elihud, the father of Eliezer. Eliezer, the father of Matan. Matan, the father of Jacob. Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary. And Mary was the mother of Jesus, who called, was called the Messiah. Did I tell you happy Father's Day today? <laughs> Anyone get the point of that passage? Not a super popular one to preach on, right? Not a super popular one to even say out loud. <laughs> you go home and try all those names. But I want each of you fathers to know that God created you on purpose, and He uses you now as He's used fathers all in history past. Fathers, you're important, you're necessary, you're vital to God's working in this world. Like that, that genealogy we just read, fathers are instrumental in God's plan for this planet. Today we're going to start this new five-week series called Angel Encounter, and we're going to begin it with a very famous father, Joseph. And we almost never hear his name except during Christmas time. And it's always Mary and Joseph. He's sort of the side part, but today he's going to be the main part. And we're going to look at this guy, Joseph, who had an incredible angel encounter. And Joseph, like our fathers here at our church, he is incredibly under-the-radar awesome. He had a profound role in the salvation of the world, in the narrative of Jesus Christ, and the establishment of God's plan for humanity. Let's notice him here in the next verse that we just finished from Matthew, as he faces this extremely difficult situation. This is Matthew 1 and 18. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His, Mary, uh, his mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, he was, a faithful, uh, he was faithful to the law. He did not want to expose her to public disgrace. And he had in mind to divorce her quietly. So here's Joseph's situation. Now, you've got to imagine this is not modern days. This is ancient Israel, where your daughter, she slept between mom with a cleaver and dad with a hatchet. 
There was no messing around at this time. Men and women, they didn't even sit together at church. Even if they're married, they had women's section and the men's section. And Joseph was pledged or engaged to marry. Now, this is a little bit different than our current pledges or engagements. At this time, when you were pledged to them, that was the legally binding moment. That was a moment where you were now bound legally to this woman or this man. And in order to break that, you'd have to get a legal divorce. So our engagements are sort of like the fun part, and then the marriage certificate, wedding day is the final day. But that's not how ancient Israel was. In ancient Israel, the moment you were pledged, that was the legal day. And then they had to stay apart for a little bit, anywhere between a month to six months. They stayed apart, and they acted like a married couple in every way except living together and having sex. So you had to make sure you could provide for her. You had to demonstrate that you were uh, not a wife beater, this kind of stuff, right? You had to you know, be uh, building her a home. You had to be providing for her, all this kind of stuff, all the things of marriage just without one part. And so her parents, especially during this time, would have been extra cautious. And so now this is very confusing probably to Joseph. Joseph finds out his fiancée, Mary, all of a sudden is pregnant. No, it's not him. Now, Jewish law says that he has the right to stone her to death because, he's, uh, because she has obviously been unfaithful, and she's obviously unfaithful because she's pregnant. But he doesn't do this. He forgoes his right. So he's allowed to do it, legally allowed to stone her to death because she's pregnant and it's not his kid. But he does something that's kinder, in fact, more full of grace. He takes the moral hit. He says, I'm going to, I'm going to, it doesn't matter what people say about me or whatever, I'm going to divorce her quietly for her benefit so that she'll be able to move on. So rather than get vengeance, he's concerned about Mary, not himself. And I see that time and time again with our great men here at JRC, a willingness to not demand their own rights or privileges for the sake of others, to sacrifice for the betterment of their family. And he's in a really tough situation, this Joseph. And he, and he does it without any fanfare. It's done quietly. And it's the same with our men. It's done without any fanfare. It's done quietly, morning after morning, where they get up and go to work. Plan after plan, where they try to develop a way to support their family. Sacrifice after sacrifice. And we also see that Joseph is interested in following God. The, the passage says that Joseph is faithful to the law. That means that he's regularly going to church, that, he, that he's praying often, that he, he's given to the poor, that he's trying to follow God's law. It doesn't say that he's perfect at it, but he's trying to follow God's law. I see that also in our folks here. Our men are constantly like, like Joseph. Maybe they're not the biggest name, but they're, they're getting to church, and they're following God, and they're trying to bless people, and they're trying to give the poor, and they're trying to take care of things even if they don't get noticed for it. Now let's see Joseph's encounter with the angel. But after he had considered this, getting divorced, this is in Matthew 1.20. After he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She'll give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. So Joseph had decided to divorce her quietly, but then something came into his life which changed his calculus. 
God interrupts his well-made plan, even a godly plan, the right thing to do, with a message, with an angel encounter. And God tells him to believe something that's impossible. God tells him to take a leap of faith, to take Mary home as his wife because her pregnancy is from the Holy Spirit. Now, not only that, but she's carrying the Messiah, like the promised one who will take away the sins of the world, the Savior of all humanity, the breaker of chains, the freer of sins. Now, time out. Let's be 100 right now. This should sound ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense. This is unheard of. Yet, yet God often asks us to do the impossible. To do things beyond what we think that we can handle. That don't make sense at all to the world. And sometimes don't even make sense to us. And yet God still asks. The angel tells Joseph that Joseph will be the caretaker, the father of, the protector and guider of, Not only a child, but Jesus, the Savior of the world. Now, I thought I had pressure as a dad, you know, but, but, ooh, Jesus, the Savior of the world. I know when my first son was born, uh, Ethan, man, it it is a lot of pressure. It's really scary if you've never had a baby before. I know after he was born, we're getting out of the hospital. My wife couldn't even walk. She's in a wheelchair. And, uh. We were trying to go out. My, my son was born in late August. It was roasting right here in Anaheim, and it was probably 1,000 degrees. You know how it gets here, and we're trying to take a baby out. I haven't slept in days and days, and my wife's like uh, on drugs, so she's like, "Wee!" having a great time as we wheel her out to the car. There was like, there was like bags, multiple bags trying to carry on my shoulder. People had given some gifts. There were like gifts and there was like roses that were in a a jar of water that don't bring roses in a jar of water to someone who had a baby. It's like terrible gift. And then there, and there was the baby too in like the little baby carriage. And I'm trying to put it all into the car, but first take like all the presents, put that there. And I dropped the vase, this glass goes all over and, and I'm like sweating now, like crazy. And I don't, I don't even think I, I think I just left the glass. I'm sorry, whoever guys are, I just left the mess. And then, but I put the bags in there and then I like, try to get my wife in there and then like have a baby and then I go to put the baby in the car seat, but I've never used a car seat and it's backwards and there's like a Rubik's cube that you have to do right there before you could lock the baby in. Uh, if you don't have babies, you don't know about this, but there's like, they, they've got to like magically attach together like three prong, four prong like this and then come together in this like cool harness. And then there's like more other clips or whatever. And your baby's like only this big, and you're trying to not get, like if I get a finger in there, he's going to lose a finger. You know, I'm sweating on the baby and like panicking. I can't breathe. It's hot. You know, it's like, and you know, you're in your car, and the heat is already from the car anyway, and I can't see. <laughs> I'm tripping out. I don't know what to do with the baby. Get on the freeway. I'm driving 58, screaming at everyone, like, go down. There's a baby. Oh, God, so much pressure. So hard. So difficult. And I was just like a regular baby. Joseph's like, the angel's like, yo, you're going to have God in human flesh. He's got to be like, what am I going to do with that? We need a better car seat, Mary. You know, like, what are you, what are you like, I got to get a better job, probably. Like, I got to definitely be nicer if I'm going to have God, the son of the universe, learning how to fish with me. You know, like, or like what? I got to become a better fish. I got to become better everything. Oh, that's a lot of stress and pressure. Joseph must have been outside his mind. Gotta be tripping. Joseph interacts with God. 
has a profound message given to him in an angel encounter, and then that changes everything for him. He becomes part of the most important moment in human history, Jesus coming to earth. Now, we, we all may not be Joseph, but we do have a duty and a, and a privilege of bringing the same Jesus to the world. He's not my kid, but he's my Savior. And God gives each of us the responsibility to share that with those that are around us. We, too, have a divine responsibility to take care of Jesus in the sense of sharing him with the world around us. And Matthew continues, and it says, All this took place to fulfill what God had said through the prophet, that the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they'll call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. This was in Isaiah several hundred years before. God had a plan for the world and for Joseph, and God was moving hundreds of years before Joseph was born, thousands even, and, and then he was moving hundreds of years after Joseph, thousands even. Joseph got to be part of a bigger plan, and that was ushered in by his angel encounter. And every one of us, we get to be part of the bigger plan too. Now we're, not, we're not in Joseph's place, but, but we're in our place. God has put you in the exact right place at the exact, exact right time. God knows about this kind of stuff. He knows who you are and where you are. He knows what time you were born. He knows what year you were born in this decade, in this situation, in your family. God knows exactly that. And he puts you in this time on purpose so that you could be part of his eternal plan that's been going on for hundreds of years. And you get to join in part, being part of that plan. Now Joseph wakes up in uh, Matthew 1.24. When Joseph woke up, the Bible says he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded him. And he took Mary home and his wife. And he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name Jesus. So let's see that first sentence again. He heard from God, and he did what the Lord had commanded him to do. Joseph had an angel encounter, a message from God, and he obeyed. No matter the public stares that are going to come, explain that to your friend. Oh, yeah, before I was with her, yeah, she got pregnant. But don't worry, it was the Holy Spirit. And all his friends are like, you're right. Wow, that's, that's mystical and amazing. No? What are they going to be like? Judge, 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 right? Okay, sure it is. Sure it's the Holy Spirit, right? He's going to have to endure stares to come. The radical monkey wrench in his own plans. I'm sure he had plans. Maybe Joseph, uh, that, that his son would be, you know, maybe a carpenter like him, have family. No matter if other people wouldn't understand what's going on or, or even believe him if he said it, he obeyed. He obeyed God. And I, I wonder if we'll obey when God calls us to do something bold or radical or life-altering or out of the box or something that the world wouldn't understand. Will God be met with excuses or obedience? There may be a little bit of ouch in that phrase. When God asks us to do something, will it be met with excuses or with obedience? Joseph heard the word of God and he obeyed. God has bold, wild plans for every one of us if we're willing to listen to him, if we're willing to follow him. I'm so grateful that, that I get to see what that looks like in people all around me at this church. I'm so grateful that I get to see it in fathers. At, to be father, like even like I aspire to be, 
I desire to, to obey God's command as well, and I get to see that in the faces of men that are around me all of the time. I'm so grateful that I get to see men who love Jesus above themselves. Now let's notice that last sentence again. Can we get that verse up there? The last sentence says, And uh, he, Joseph, gave him the name Jesus. Now, God told him to name him Jesus. But Joseph got this privilege. Joseph got this honor. So he had heard God said, name him Jesus, right? But if you think about it, Joseph got to be the first one on the planet to say, this is Jesus. This is the Messiah. Joseph was the first one to get to utter of the actual Jesus of the universe. This is Jesus. What an honor and a privilege and a blessing as a father to be the first to say the name of Jesus on earth. That's like this really cool father moment that Joseph had and a really cool like Christian moment that he had. Now, fathers, you matter. It's your light and lives that are going to impact and change this world to shine Jesus if you're willing. There's this famous passage that comes just a chapter or two later here in Matthew where Jesus is talking and Jesus says, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven that you might obey when God tells you to do something. And as people see that obedience, your good deeds, they will glorify your God in heaven. Joseph chose to follow God's path, even when it didn't make sense, even when he had doubt, even if the world would think he's crazy, he chose to follow after God. He let his good deeds of obedience to God shine out as a testimony to the entire world in his time, but also for generations to come. We're talking about it here 2,000 years later. Now, I bought a gift. It's not... uh, Whiskey ice, sorry, man, but I also bought a gift for you, and the, we're going to pass this out right now. Uh, we gave you a little pen light before, but uh, today I'm going to give you this much better vroom, vroom version of that. I know. Got this as uh, Jericho Road, Happy Father's Day. It's got this clip. I've used it already. Um, Hands-free, look at that. Oh, you can do your work in your garage. You can. I've used it to fix my car. Uh, Get in there, so it's pretty exciting. This is one for every one of our fathers. You know, we, I order, uh, I'm, you know, I'm an optimist, so I ordered 50 of these. So uh, it's one for every one of our fathers. Uh, if you are a father and you haven't received one, go ahead and raise your hand. They're coming around with that. Make sure you get that. Now, I probably have another uh, 20 left, so if I have extras, you can take that. If you haven't bought a Father's Day gift for your dad and you need to give that to him right after this service, that'd be fantastic. Uh, so I don't want those. They, they do say Happy Father's Day 2023, and so we can't even give them away to newcomers. So uh, let's, let's empty that box by the end of today. That's a gift for you. But fathers, uh, I want to remind you to continue to shine your light in the world. Just like Joseph, it says like he heard God's word and he obeyed. And it, and it says in this passage in Matthew, let your light shine before men that they will see your good deeds because you obeyed and they'll glorify your Father in heaven. And so I want you to be reminded whenever you use... Uh, this slide, or uh, to be reminded to, to be letting your good deeds be noticed by people so that they can glorify your heavenly Father through you. It's the Bible's assertion that we all will shine our light, that we will all be a blessing to others. But today we particularly pick on our fathers. And fathers, I thank you that you are a living example of this. I thank you that you show 
me in real time what this looks like to obey God and to be faithful to him and have others notice because of your faithfulness. And I thank you for that. And so we're going to uh, close our service here and uh, the praise team is going to come up. And I'm going to ask you to just bow your heads and we're going to pray a blessing over our fathers. Now, if your father is here in the sanctuary, I want you to go over to them and place your hand on their shoulder and pray for them. That means the Williams boys are going to have to come on stage. I know. And there's a Chang in here. So there's a Chang so over here. Any others? Oh, is, you're going to have to go find your dad. Um, Freddie will take it on. Your dad's here? I think so. Uh, Charles, get in here. Your boy's got to work. <laughs> you, you come this way, Mr. Charles Joe. Uh, all right. And they're going to pray for you. And if your dad's not in the building, that's okay. If you just raise your hands like this and pray from afar, if, if your dad has passed away, if you just think a couple of amazing thoughts about him, if you just thank him, uh, thank God for the fathers that we have. And then we're going to worship together, but we're going we're to close by blessing our fathers. Your father's here, you better walk up. <laughs>